and welcome back to Utter Descent. I'm Brian, and this week I have with me my best buddy, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? So, uh, this week we're going to be reviewing Planetary Annihilation, which I know I've talked about a few times in the previous podcast. Um, but since Mark is a new member to the team, I'd like him to do what Kevin, myself, and Eric have done and, and talk about like his gaming history and favorite games, least favorite games, and uh, and that kind of stuff. So, Mark, let's uh let's hear about your gaming history. How did you first get into games, and you know, kind of progression through time of consoles and PC gaming and so forth. So I, I started like any other typical like Nintendo fanboy. Like I just had a GameCube, or sorry, not GameCube. That was later on. Um, just a, a Game Boy. Um, you know, the big brick. Uh, that lasted me forever. Remember playing Pokemon through that, uh, Zelda through that, and. Uh, my uncles and them, they had like the NES and the SNES, mm -hmm. so I had fun with those. So I've, I've, for a long time, I've been a Nintendo fanboy. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> oh, I, I've branched out since then, um, but that was just my kind of starting roots. Um, I was never really a computer gamer starting off, but then as I started getting older, um, especially once I started playing older games... You know, with any ROM hacks or things like that before I really understood that, you know, emulators are bad and they kind of hurt the industry. Uh, I heard that. Um, I I kind of started with Nintendo and then in college is when I got my first Xbox and it was a 360. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, I'd only played Xbox and PlayStation at friend's house. because um, I, I grew up with Nintendo. I had uh, the NES. Then I had the SNES. Then I had an N64, then GameCube, um, and then the Wii, and after that, <laughs> I got an Xbox. So in terms of favorite games, obviously, you know, hailing from Nintendo fandom, you know, I'm all into Zelda, Pokemon, um, Monster Hunter. Uh, RPGs are definitely one of my go-tos, where I'm, I'm a completionist by heart. Yes, you are. <laughs> but I, I almost never complete things 100%. Uh, because I usually get distracted, or I start playing a new game, or I fall off for like a week or two, and then when I try and hop back in, it's like, oh god, what was I doing? Yeah, I, we all know that feeling of, you know, you step away for a week, and you go, I feel like there was something other than this main objective I was at. Yeah, Shit. yeah. There's, so I can even, right now, name a game that I want to beat, but I've played it like five or six times. It's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> it's on the Wii I have played it to almost the end five or six times but Jesus. I always get distracted and I start over and any of you that are familiar with that game it's a hundred hour plus game <laughs> it looks interesting but it also looks like a giant grind fest it is it is and it's it's oh my gosh it's a completionist a completionist love affair and nightmare <laughs> Because it's like, oh, there's so many items to collect. You know, you gotta, you know, fight all the monsters. And then as you're going through the game, you'll meet high-leveled monsters that you can't fight. You have to come back later or beat the game and come back and fight them. Ugh. But getting away from Nintendo, because uh, obviously everything Nintendo puts out, I, I kind of love. But things that I hate. Uh, I hate sports games. Here, here. Fuck um, those games. Yeah, which is a little weird because I grew up playing a lot of sports. You know, I played soccer. 
I did crew. I did a little football. Um, don't American get too excited football. about me. Don't be too excited about me doing football, though. I was the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> so I was special teams. Um, and I've always been fit and active. But I hate sports games. I love soccer, but I hate watching professional soccer. It's so slow. And just the mechanics of any like soccer game just bother me so much. Because it's like, as I'm playing or as I'm watching, I'm thinking to myself, that's not how I would play or what I would move, or that's not a normal movement. Um, and just, you know, not to honk my own horn too much, I played Division One soccer uh, all the way from basically middle school through high school. Uh, so I was competitive, and we'd go to states every year, basically. <laughs> so it, it really grind my gears. Um, other games I really don't like, my phone's going off. Other games I really don't like are driving games. I've never been a fan of the hardcore driving games. Yeah, same. They suck. The the Burnout series with how, you know, adds a little bit of an RPG element to it, or, you know, the crashes and things like that, those are fun, but I still never got into the core gameplay of racing. Um, it's just doesn't appeal to me and then finally my least favorite of everything so i've actually i have played some sports games and i've played some racing games i refuse to play rts's (laughs) they are the bane of my existence i don't even care if people think i'd be good at them or that i would enjoy them or just gotta give them a chance i just hate them there's so much about my life that's already micromanaging in my head i don't need to micromanage on a screen. <laughs> but Mark, they're so much fun. Uh, they're just micromanagement simulators, and it's not even like... I, I I understand people are really skillful at them, but the skill also involves just memorizing units and how to move them and then mapping them to keys so that you can just control a squad moving out a certain direction. And I hate chess. I hate chess. <laughs> That's also my key thing. I hate chess, and this just correlates right to it, of like different types of units, different uh, different scenarios, and trying to coordinate different attacks and leading your opponent, or you know, certain areas of the the board, the chessboard, or resources. So you want to get to them before your opponent does, or block them from getting to theirs. So it's just that whole thing. I hate it. <laughs> I've I've given it a try, not an honest try, but I've tried enough to realize, wow, this is not for me. Never going to play that again. And here we are. Yeah, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very good uh, transition over back to the game. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I've been practicing this for weeks since I, uh, I I just, I, I keep missing the invite for the other podcasts, so I'm not... Yeah. Not totally ditching or uh, uh-huh. busy or anything. Um, <laughs> I do apologize for that. I've been meaning to get on because I really wanted to hop on the uh, Team Fortress one because um, that's also yeah. been a love child of mine with Kevin. But uh, I'll be invo- more involved later. Yeah, that we we had to stick to the schedule, and, and Mark's internet was just fucked that weekend. So we sacrificed that for the sake of what few listeners we may or may not have. <laughs> yeah they probably wouldn't and and then i'm gone yeah exactly they wouldn't enjoy that yeah. um and then it, it would add confusion in the middle of the cop podcast be like hey mark mark are you on mute 
I think he's dead. yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, but luckily there will definitely be other games that, that will have a lot of crossover. I mean, Kevin's playing Dark Souls right now, so... Oh, I know. I wish, I wish though, he would play on PC so I could watch him. Well, you know why he's playing it on PlayStation? Why? It was cheaper. I, all right, I, can, I could get behind that, actually. Because Dark Souls, it should have been cheaper on PC, but they re- released the remastered version. Correct. And now correct. you can't get the original one, so it's like 40 bucks. Yeah, the, the Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition is, yeah. is no longer available, like, at all. So that was a pretty douchey move. Um, I understand why he doesn't want to spend $40 on a game he doesn't think he's going to want to play. Yeah, yeah, he could have gotten it for Switch. Uh, I don't, I... <laughs> then he could play it anywhere and he'd have no excuse. Exactly. He is actually playing it, though. He's, he's currently beating his head against a brick wall. <laughs> I can't wait to hear where he is. Yeah. There's this one ramp with these two archers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, so, Planetary Annihilation. Um, Mark, can you give us a brief summary of the game? Like, if you were if you were pitching an intro to the game and be as negative as you want. <laughs> so, it, at, the, at the base, it's, a, it's an RTS in which you're, you know, micromanaging your units, you're building, uh, you're building units, you're building fortifications, and you're ultimately trying to uh, not wipe out the base of your enemy. Um, you're not trying to completely annihilate them. You're not trying to destroy, like, a central hub. Um, like in some other uh, RTSs, there would be the central, you know, core building that if you destroy that, you win. Um, the mechanics of this are real interesting because you have a commander. The commander initially is what you start off with, and it's, if you lose your commander, you lose the game. You could have all the units and all the resources, but if your enemy manages to just snipe your commander, you lose. Um, So that's at the core. What makes this unique is that you're not necessarily on the same planet. So there are units in order to um, carry your units to another planet. You can crash a moon into your planet. There's metal planets that you can shoot a gigantic laser and just destroy the enemy's planet, which you hope, you know, the commander's on. Um... (laughs) But it adds so much more to a, a standard RTS that for a beginner or somebody that's an, an entry-level uh, RTS player like myself, it's just too much to take in. And like, <laughs> it's to the point where it'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm working on my ground units, ground units. What is that? Why are they flying? Oh, crap. Right. I can't shoot them. Or, or... Even more so, there are ground units, there are air units, and then there are orbital units along with sea units. But nobody uses sea units. No. Nope. Well, at least on the ones we played on. Yes. Yes. Because um, they're just, they're stuck to the sea. <laughs> right. In a game where you have to destroy planets, the sea is not the best route, I, in my opinion. Uh, I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a legitimate point. The naval units are so much fun. Um, so what about a, a reaction to the game? Like, if you had to sum up in an elevator pitch to someone why they shouldn't play this game. and Why they why they should or shouldn't? Shouldn't. Like, vent your frustration. Uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate because they're all my personal frustrations. I hate the mechanics where it's like, 
well, first, when I first started playing, I didn't realize that, and, and Brian was telling me that maybe this is a mechanic that's actually only to this game, is that you can actually chain commands. So you can chain together, oh, build this, build this, then build over here, and then move over here. And just the, the a level of micromanagement where you have to, you can either click and drag to select units, but if you don't already have all of your units separated, you can have your crafters with your fighters, and then your fighters will just move with your crafter guys doing nothing. They won't even defend them until you, unless you tell them patrol, but then you give them an area to patrol. So a couple times I moved people over, and they just stood there, and they got shot. They did nothing to, to defend themselves. Um, I understand that, like, you need you need to manage them, but come on. They should fight. They should fight for themselves. They should have some sort of like, you know, I'm gonna self-preservation because so many times I would lose units and just be like, ah, crap. And so I I did learn the key, the binding to like select all of that type of unit, but that selects all of them that you you can currently see on your screen. And if they're building something or if they're working on something, nah, you just told them not to do that anymore. Right. So it's just so much, and if you're not organized in how you set things up, you're going to lose stuff. Yeah, it's, Planetary Annihilation, for those of you who haven't played it or seen anything about it, it it really does take RTS to a whole new grand scale. Like, most every RTS you play, at most, you have, like, a little square of the map that you're working on, and there's usually a limit to how many units the game is going to let you build um there's a limit to maybe how many buildings you can put up whether it's restricted by an actual number cap or just because you're they'll you're there's only so much room for you to actually put stuff um or they'll have like a resource limit or something whereas this game there is no resource limit um and there is no limit to how many you can how many units how many buildings you can build there's multiple planets you can fill up it it takes it to a very extreme level which is why i like it so much but i do agree that in terms of hey why don't you play an rts for the first time ever this was kind of a a rough transition because it does a lot of things differently and it has things on such a grand scale that it can be very difficult to multitask like you have to yeah the multitasking thing bothers me but it's also the the yeah the the scale of it the fact that i'd be like all right i need to concentrate on my planet Oh wait, I need to stop looking at my planet now to go look at the moon that I just landed on. And you got to multitask. Basically, you're multitasking multiple games, right? Or multiple maps, which just adds to the complication. You're getting warnings that you're getting shot at. If you click on that little blip, it'll take you to it, and then be like, "Oh crap! Now I need to go back." So it's almost like for me, it was, and I wasn't even doing the the a lot of it, but. For me, it was a lot of just distractions, constant distractions by the enemy, which if mm-hmm. it's the AI, they can give you as many distractions as they want because they're not getting distracted by you. Yeah, that is a fair point. So let's see what Steam has to say about it. Uh, apparently, this game is described as wage war across entire solar systems with massive armies at your command, annihilate enemy forces with world shattering Titan class units and demolish planets with massive super weapons. Or you can just nuke people. Or you can just nuke people. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fair description of it. 
we didn't see the Titan classes because we were playing on the standard version. I don't know if Mark had the Titan version, but... No, I don't even have if, the uh, Titan DLC. Okay, even if he did, I would have been like, let's not go there, because that's an extra level of complication that we didn't need to be dealing with. Um, yeah, so in terms of um, initial impressions of the game, like it's a little bit more difficult than it normally is for us to talk about this, because normally we're playing something on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were... To give the, the audience an idea of how we did this... Mark and I played uh, against each other. We had one mission that I kind of just brought him in, showed him the basics of the game, rather than letting him go through the campaign in the game. It was just, here, play with me real quick. I'll show you what needs to be done. Then we played a round against each other, and then we played a round um, together against an AI opponent. And, um, well, we did two rounds like that. But still, what, what were your initial impressions about it? Almost, I think it would have been better if I did the tutorial because essentially, when we I played with you to learn, that was okay. Here's how you click. Here's how you select a unit. Here's how you build something. By the way, you can build orbital stuff. All right, you ready to play? <laughs> was it really that bad? I, yeah, I it was that know. bad. Where it's just like, oh, all right. <laughs> and, oh, and, and like, oh, you can select a large area like this, and you can. You told me you can chain commands. You might have told me how to actually do it, but I don't remember because you were throwing stuff at me. Yeah, I mean, is that my fault or is that the game's fault? For no, that's so that's just. I think that's just the game. Okay, because I thought I did a pretty okay job. <laughs> That'd be like me saying, like, okay, Brian, we're gonna play, you know, Monster Hunter. Okay, here's how you swing. Here's how you attack. By the way, you can chop off their uh, their tails and collect more things from it. All right, let's go fight. Everyone that's ever played Monster Hunter, no, that is the bare, bare, bare minimum of no information. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I mean, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a complicated game, and there's only so much you can do without actually playing it to help someone understand. Yeah. The reason I didn't want you to go through it on your own was that the... I don't think there's a tutorial. At least whenever I first started playing, there wasn't. It was just a single-player campaign. And the single player campaign, the way it works is you'll start out with just like, I think just bots as the only thing you can build. And as you go, it's like a takeover the galaxy um, style of, of campaign. You just go from like one solar system to another, taking them over. As you beat those, you'll unlock new tech. And what I didn't want to happen was you hit a point where you've unlocked only orbital and a bunch of other like bullshit and never see other ground units. Um, Because that's totally happened when I've played it. And it doesn't really let you learn the game. But on the other hand, it would have been more fair than going right in and playing me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When when we started playing, I knew I was going to lose. It was just, okay, how is he going to destroy me? Is he going to invade by land with a teleporter? Is he going to send in just fighters shoot everything then bring in bombers and bomb everything is right. he gonna bring in orbital stuff and just basically shoot lasers death lasers at me from orbit is he gonna shoot the gargantuan death laser that isn't a, a planet a metal planet just shoots a death laser that destroys your planet or are you gonna send a moon at me with a rocket or are you gonna be a dick and nuke me <laughs> you nuked me <laughs> That's another that's a, that's a major gripe for me is that you know you can do all the strategy and basically if you just 
if you're haphazard about how you set up your anti-nukes, you automatically lose if they nuke you. Right. I mean, to be fair, the commander can take more than one hit from the nuke, so it's not an insta-death. But I do agree that, you know, getting nuked is the easiest way to lose because it can just wipe out so much when it does land. The bigger issue is that um, taking care of every way that I could possibly be attacking you is possible, but it requires a lot of practice in the game to know how you need to set up everything and and prepare yourself for each of those inevitabilities. Uh, yeah. Let's actually just talk about that first game. So the, the plan was I wanted to get Mark very upset because we were going to record it and then throw it up on YouTube. We have the recordings. We'll have to decide whether or not that's going to happen. So I wanted to elicit a response and, you know, basically just get him really pissed off. And I thought it would be helpful for the podcast. And that that was the, the whole point. It was also a way for him to kind of learn how to play. Um, Under though, duress. Right. <laughs> completely unfairly. But that was the concept. Ass. So. So I put together a planetary system that kind of had a little bit of everything. It had a metal planet. It had a gas planet for resources. It had a a moon for throwing at him. Two individual planets far enough away from each other that um, you'd have some knowledge of what was going to happen. If I was sending a nuke over, he might have enough time to actually prepare himself. Um, So I basically, in my mind, I knew I was going to end it with a nuke. That was the plan. So I set up my base and everything so that I'd be able to just funnel all of my resources into that. But while I was getting to that point, I also was taking over the other planets, building up a giant army. Um, I eventually landed troops on his planet. I kept harassing him with different units. I started building on the moon, built one of the rockets. I built one of the catalysts, basically just trying to keep him focused in case he ended up being unreasonably good at this because that was a possibility. Um, I didn't want him to be able to de- deter my my nuking, which also meant that I built like 20 nuke silos. So it was complete overkill. Um, Mark did actually do a ridiculously good job of deterring my, um, my assault initially because I wanted to just have a camera over top of his base but he's talked to me enough about playing this game before we decided to do this that he knew that my favorite method was orbital, and he just built... I cover. I tried to cover the planet with those umbrellas. Yeah, so he just had anti-orbital everywhere, so I couldn't even see what he was doing, and I kept trying to send in stuff to get a look or to like patrol or take out whatever he was putting up in the sky because he started putting up orbital defenses, and I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be able to attack him if he has those. And if he has like an anti-nuke or something, I'm not going to be able to destroy it. So I kept trying to get into there and I just couldn't because he had so much concentrated defense against Orbital. So eventually that I was, landed. That was your downfall. When you showed me how to play the game, you're like, okay, here's how you click. Here's how you move. Here's how you build. By the way, you can build Orbital stuff. Here's how you build Orbital stuff. I was like, that's what I locked on to. Yeah. Brian's going to build Orbital stuff. I need to build anti-Orbital stuff. And it worked. Um but eventually I found a hole and started putting ground troops down to start like picking away at that, mostly as a distraction. And then um, at one point I just said, oh, I got the 20 nukes that I need. So I just, or no, it wasn't 20, it was 10. 
It was like 12. It was still, it was like I had one anti-nuke, and I was like, yeah, got it. <laughs> Why is it still blaring an alarm? Oh, there's like 10 others behind it. Yeah, so I linked one to each of the number keys and just went to his planet and selected each one and put it in like a ring going, or a spiral going into the middle of his base. So it was extreme overkill, and I think Mark was more just like depressed than upset. <laughs> I, I was just like, oh, you had to kill me that way. You couldn't have killed me like, in a cool <laughs> way. Like, I knew you had way more resources because... You, because I didn't know how to get off the planet, so Brian immediately was just like, mm, I'm going to use all the resources on all the other planets, and then just start picking up yours. Yeah, I was a, I was a dick. <laughs> I literally asked Brian, like, Brian, halfway through the game, how do I get off my planet? <laughs> you know, a game about getting off your planet and invading other planets wasn't in your tutorial. Yeah, that was one of those moments where I went, I need to hurry this up. Because if that's where we're at right now, I I can't extend this. I don't want this to last forever. I need to finish this off now. <laughs> so you killed me like a dick. Yeah, I I actually felt horrible. I hate that about the nuke um, aspect of this. Like, you could literally have all the resources and you could build up a massive army. But if they just dedicate themselves to nukes, you better have like five or six anti-nukes because they can just do what you did. And, like, that's, like, almost, yeah. like, no skill. That's, like, the, you know, the civilization approach of, like, oh, I'm just going to get to nukes first. Right. And it it is, and unfortunately, the AI, that's their favorite method. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I lost just because they had, and I looked at their map after the game was over, they had, like, eight nuke silos, and they just kept sending them while they're attacking me with a huge army. So I do agree that the nukes are bullshit, and I really wish that there was a mod or something out there to just disable them, but I have yet to find one. Um, and I did feel like a total piece of shit after I did that. I, I haven't been that much of an asshole to someone um, on a game since playing Halo, so <laughs> it, it was a nice refresher to my douchier days of, of Halo 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I made you go back to your boyhood prime. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's actually continue through the the rest of the games. Um, so the next one we ended up playing was where we, we played together. Uh, the intention was to play one together and then play against each other one more time. So I was going to play with Mark, show him what I was doing as I made the base, attack the enemy. And uh, the way that I tend to play co-op on this game is one person will be dedicated to building the base and maintaining resources and and tech levels and getting extra um, armies together. And the other person's job will be actually managing the troops and whatever expansion to another planet that may happen. So we'll share an army and then I'll focus on the, the defense and whoever else is playing with me will focus on the offense. That seems to be the way that it works out best. So we put the, the AI, it was a group of two versus us um, on normal and went and played. And it worked out incredibly well. Our, we didn't really have a strategy, I wouldn't say. I was just kind of going to show Mark how to play, and whatever we ended up doing was what we would end up doing. So we started, he had learned a lot from what I had done and immediately started building anti-nukes. And I had to go, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I was That's chewing up resource. all of our resources. <laughs> we can't do that yet. I like I like your thought. We don't want to forget about that, but we can't do that now. <laughs> um, but we pretty quickly got everything up and running. Uh, we we moved on to the metal planet. Mark took over that entirely. I focused on our main planet and eventually uh, the gas giant for resources, and then moving on to the the moon. And uh, our strategy was pretty much make sure they can't take the moon, keep them off of our planet and the metal planet, which we both managed to handle, and then decide how we wanted to end the game. And Mark said, you know what, let's do the let's do the death laser. I want to see that. So while he was building that, I started invading their planet just to kind of make sure they wouldn't harass him, because you never know. The more that I'm pushing them there, the more likely they are to maybe nuke me. So... Unfortunately, because they were on normal level difficulty, they didn't even try. I could have stamped them over with the small army I sent there, um, but instead I just kind of held the line and then let Mark decimate them with the cannon. Yeah, I will say that was... It's unfortunate that there's such a disparity between normal and hard difficulty. Yeah. Because I literally did nothing. I was listening to you telling me how you're doing things, what you should do next. I wasn't really paying attention because I was just figuring out, like, what does this unit do? Yeah, and the entire time I was just saying, you know, I'm going to do this next, and this is why I'm doing it. This is how many I'm going to build. If you want to do this, blah, 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 blah. So it was probably hard for Mark to focus on doing things because I wouldn't shut the fuck up. But this is probably how I should have done the tutorial in the first place, <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, probably. And if anything, it should have been we were both playing, but I would just be watching what you're doing. Or you could have played a game, and I could have spectated it. Yeah, we didn't plan this out too well, uh, to be fair. But it's it, all worked. Right. it worked in the end. And the, the point was to get me agitated, and right. you got me agitated, but then you just got me sad. <laughs> yeah. I remember back to a time when we had uh, when we both had the iPod Touches. We were playing a game, I think it was called Euphory, and that was like, not quite an RTS, but it was a strategy game of like, making units you only had one unit type and so you just like it's almost like an amoeba you have to make more pieces and then engulf the enemies starting you know globe or whatever um and the game was easy for me i just walked right through it and brian had some trouble with like the last couple levels and because of that reason brian would say i think you'd be great at rts's like well this isn't an rts this is just like almost math this is, okay, if I dedicate this amount of units to this globe, steal that globe, I'll double my production, they then only have one, I'm gonna win. I don't know, I still think that it, it I still think you're totally gonna be good at these games, especially if I keep making you play them. Um, but that actually leads nicely into the, the last play. Um, so the last one we did, we considered doing a 1v1 again, but I decided that that was just kind of he already saw my strategy in the last game, so he was just going to be sitting there waiting for which one I was going to do. And while he may have been able to put up a fight, it just didn't seem like it was going to be fun. So we played one more with us on the same team against a hard enemy um, group. And we came out with a very distinct strategy. I'm like, we're going to do this and this and this and this, and our goal is to do this. And the goal was get to their moon and run it into their planet. Um, I think that'll be the fastest way to get there. And hopefully we, if we do it right, we'll be able to win. So we came in immediately, same deal, started getting stuff ready. 
Um, the second that we got onto the moon, I Mark went over and handled that. I showed him what you need to do to defend the position so we could build them up and, and flood out units and all that stuff. And it it fucking worked just like we wanted it to. The enemy tried to build catalysts to get the, the death beam up, but we took care of that. They tried to attack the home planet, but we had enough defense. They really tried to push Mark back, but he fucked them all up. And then we just, boom, ran the planet right into their into their planet and won. Um, and that, that game really did show me that Mark could totally be good at RTS. It's like, yeah, I was handling the base management portion of it, but he knew what to do. And the fact that he was able to hold the line against two hard AI on the moon, I sent him units, but I didn't handle any of the micromanaging. He handled it all, and it worked. Basically, my only strategy was build a lot of turrets, build a lot of anti-air, then build orbital and just rain down orbital cannons. Yeah, but if you're not balancing everything right and making sure you're switching between things, you can fuck that up. And it only takes it only takes one nuke and you had the anti-nukes down. <laughs> yeah, cuz I got tired of that bullshit of like <laughs> And because I was so close to them, the nuke takes no time to go from their planet to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was very fast. But they scared me when they got the the catalyst going because I was like, "Oh shit!" They've never. I hope I can before. stop them. Yeah, they've never <laughs> done that. But they had the whole the whole metal planet completely to themselves, so that could have went really bad. But we won. We struck fast, and I think that's what ended up deciding it for us. So those were the games we played. Let's uh, get into the nitty picky details of of the game as a whole. So I'd like to talk about intro cinematics, but it's basically just like close-up screen plays of of the game. It's not like here's why you're doing it. <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask like so why why with any <laughs> RTS it's usually about a story like you have your you know what like Warhammer your Starcraft things like that. It's like oh there's a reason why they're fighting. But now this is just nah I I, I feel like messing up this other this other galaxy or other uh planet i'm gonna nuke them yeah so to answer that question planetary annihilation is a sequel fan-made sequel of an old uh 95 i believe game called total annihilation which was the same deal i don't think there was a unit cap um it's very similar to this game except it was just on one like square of terrain and that one had a a story which was you know, it's these two armies that have been fighting forever, and they, as they got better and better, they eventually transitioned into robot bodies to carry on the war throughout the galaxy, and now they're, they've exhausted all the resources and run all the planets down to cinders, and now you're on, like, the last remaining planets, you know, just in this never-ending fight. It wasn't the best story that I've ever heard, but it at least set the, the stage for what was going on. And the campaign actually had a story that you were following. And this one, I guess they just assumed that anyone who was going to play it knew the original one. And so they just never bothered to put... I'm giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it, the game almost <laughs> seemed like it was a love child of some really, you know, not fanatics, but appreciate people that love the game. So they wanted to make a sequel that was just that game, but better. They didn't look into... They didn't build out, flesh out the universe or the background or anything like that. It's just... You know what you're getting to. 
if you got this game and they delivered just an expanded uh, uh, view of that game. Right. And yeah, that's that's really what they did here. And I wish they had a story because it could have really livened it up a bit, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's there's no intro cinematics. It's just kind of showing off the game. Gameplay-wise, we already went over the fact that it's uh, an RTS. We've already beaten around how much Mark just doesn't like it. But from like a, a level design aspect, do you think the the levels at least are easy to move around, um, easy to to see what's going on, you know, aesthetically? Yeah, the, the, the like user interface is actually really nice. You can... If you could map out, like, oh, I'm going to have these units over here, you can just quick switch to them. Um, the overall aesthetics of everything was really nice. The only thing I would I say I was a little disappointed is that, like, yes, the plants had forests, they had terrains. a little Not, not a lot of terrain, but they had a little terrain. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at, is that the plants were round, and that's it. There was no, like, walls or valleys or things like that. Um, everything was just flat. Mm-hmm. only the metal planet had like some ridges that you actually couldn't pass through yeah and that could be because we were playing on the custom maps that i put up and i didn't bother to like really edit them oh, okay because i have encountered ones where they have more detail okay um, and obstacles because that would that would also just like ruin my day to be like oh i'm gonna go this way and there's just a gigantic crater and it's like i only have ground units crap basket yeah i've hit those moments so uh, that was my fault for not giving you that opportunity. Uh, okay, but it probably was helpful because. <laughs> yeah, just just the overall the way the game looks and the, and the way that the user interface works is actually it, it works great. And I wasn't using it to the full potential uh, due to my inexperience and just not knowing how to quickly map things um, or doing the picture in picture so that you can see an area that you're mapping so that you can keep an eye on somewhere and then quickly jump to it. Right. Um, and I guess that kind of falls under the controls. Like, was there anything specifically about the controls that was pissing you off? Or were they, again, once you figured them out, pretty intuitive and easy to use? I guess if you, if you knew all the key bindings, it'd be intuitive. But I don't play these games, so they're not intuitive. Like, I could select, you can either, you know, click and drag to select a group of, of uh, units. Or you're going to select every unit that's in there, not of one type. To select all of one type, you have to select that unit, and you can hit, you know, I think it's Control-Z, and it'll select all of that unit. But it will be all of them, all that you can see. So if you zoom in so that you only see the ones that you want to grab, you can do that. But, you know, for a micromanaging game, it was really difficult for me to micromanage when I'm disrupting what they're already, I've already micromanaged them to do. Yeah, and I think that just comes down to playing the game enough, because I think that the controls are actually very well put together. I actually use very few things on the keyboard. I'm I'm almost entirely mouse control. Yeah, that could that could play into the strategy of like after after doing something or um, chaining together commands like build this, build this, build this, then go here, so it's easy to grab them. Right, and that there's a lot of that that I do. But yeah, I mean, I think that the overall the gameplay, as long as you don't fucking hate rts's is actually pretty well put together and for for someone who hates rts's it's an enjoyable game am i gonna play it in my free time no (laughs) but it was an enjoyable game in which like 
I got I got a little bit of a kick out of it, just like being like, oh, I gotta kill your commander? How about I just nuke your planet? Right. What did you think about the actual graphics though? Because it has that kind of I wouldn't call it cell shaded, but it's it's a little cell shaded. So it's got that you know cartoony vibe to it, but it's the harder polygon cartoony yeah. vibe of like a robot. Um, and I can see how they went with that approach because that would definitely help with uh this is this is probably a really resource intensive game. I didn't bother oh, looking, yeah. but the fact that when I was fighting Brian, he sent so many orbital units to my planet that I actually had to scroll past them because I couldn't see my planet anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, recommended for the system requirements is a quad-core processor with 12 gigabytes of RAM and a dedicated graphics chip um, with at least a gigabyte of GPU RAM. It also specifically says, do not use your integrated graphics card. Yeah. <laughs> so, not insane, but that's pretty intense considering how basic the graphics are. Yeah. Cause I, and also, um, so I just got a new monitor. Uh, my old monitor was a TV, and it died. It was 1080p. Uh, so I got a new TV to use as monitor, and it's a 4K TV. So I actually was constrained when Brian and I were first setting this up because it was like, ooh, yeah, have everything in 4K. And it just started chugging when things started <laughs> producing units. I was like, ooh, all right, I will put it at 1080p and just super sample it. And then it was fine. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's funny. And just, I guess just as a, a, a spec runoff, um, I think I have an i7... Uh, I have a 7th gen i7, so I have a 7800K, I think, mm. and I have a GTX uh, 1070, and like 32 gigs of RAM. I'm, I'm running both my operating system, and all my games are run off of a solid state. Uh, the Evo um, 960. Yeah, so this is one of those games that he should not be having an issue with, so it's got to be some incompatibility between the fact that you're trying to put it on it tv at 4k yeah i think it's just putting it at 4k with that the amount of units um i think it was just too much yeah but personally i like the way it looks i think it's it's really it's really pleasing especially with the palette you know you get your you can you can change the color of your units and maybe the enemies as well i'm not sure mm -hmm. but so you can have your like your like nice cerulean blues or like really awesome like blue violets like brian's cell phone case it's blue. <laughs> it's fucking blue. Inside joke. Um, but it's really nice because actually, like, any damage has, like, really nice, uh, bright, vibrant oranges and reds for explosions, so they're eye-catching. Um, it, it's a very pretty game. And it's, I was also very impressed where, like, in our last game, Brian had hundreds and hundreds of units either in the sky or in orbit. And when you would scroll out of the planet they would be scaled. So you can actually see on the planet, even though it's the size of a dime on your screen, you could see Brian's units on it yeah. as they move around. Yeah, they did, did a very, very good job with just overall the way the game looks, um, managing to find a nice balance between letting you play this ridiculously complex um, and loose game without sacrificing on the the graphics because it'd be really disappointing if you couldn't 
see that kind of detail because it would take away from it a little bit if you're sitting on another planet and you just see another ball of dust. Yeah. Like, it's kind of nice to look over and go, oh, Jesus, that looks like it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. I like And I like how they did the, the fog of war. Um, how it was essentially just everything was there. It was just in shade. Now, I really like that part of it, too. The The fog of war is nicely done in this game. It was nicely done in the original game, too. Um, I much prefer the method of the fog coming back because it adds an extra tactical strategic bit to it of it actually is important to get rid of enemy units and stuff so they can't see what you're doing yeah now playing against the ai i don't think that matters because they're cheating fucks yeah but against a human player it matters yeah when you got to my planet and wiped out a dot i was just like oh he's not that in that big of an area and then when i actually sent units over there it's like oh my god how do you have that many units in there in each other right um yeah so no i think the the game's the game's pretty nicely uh graphicsed <laughs> good graphic the audio is also pretty well done in my opinion i think the the sounds are are nice they have some grating ones but usually because yeah. it needs to grasp your attention yeah the the nuke launched or the warning that the haley engine is being built or that the catalyst is being built um, I understand those have to be screeching and they have to be loud, um, but in general, I turned a lot of the master volume down. Yeah. It's a very loud game. I may have done that too, and I just don't remember. There's a lot of explosions. Yeah. Um, and, and there's not so much you could, like, if you, if it was like, you know, you had soldiers running around, if there's a lot of banter, it'd be really distracting. I mean, these are robots, so they shouldn't be having, you know, mindless banter by the water cooler talking about Becky's boobs, you know. So I I wish there was more sound actually, but I can I actually am thankful that there's not more sounds or bites or things like that because they would detract you from they would just be distracting in general. I would like it to give you a little bit more feedback about stuff, but I agree that in general. Well, like when one of your sniper unit shoots another unit and kills it, it just goes bitch. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Except that'd get really annoying, but it'd be sweet. <laughs> you get like four yum, bitch, 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 bitch. Wonder if there's a mod for that. <laughs> the Wilhelm scream. Oh god, that would be horrible. <laughs> you get a nuke land and it's just one long scream for like five minutes. Oh jeez. And normally we would go on and talk about like story cinematics and characters, but that does not even close to apply here. Um, for for characters though, I guess the Titans are the only thing, or your commanders are the only things that you can actually choose, and I hate all of them. I wish you could like build your own or like modify their their paint or put skins on them or things like that. None of them are appealing, but I guess it makes sense because you only I only use the in all of my experience, uh, I use the commander at the very beginning to start building stuff, and then he just sits there. Yeah, and that's what I do, too. I really don't give a shit about which one I, I pick. You just use them at the beginning, and they go sit in a corner. Usually behind a wall of defenses to make sure they don't get sniped. Right next to the anti-nuke. Exactly. No, I, I I have nothing to say about the commanders. They're Yeah. If anything, the only thing I had my commander do was to work on the anti-nuke, to keep making anti-nukes. They are a powerful building unit, but they're slow. And they're incredibly important, so you don't usually want to use them for anything. Yeah. 
So what is your like overall rating? Like we don't do number scores. <sighs> overall overall rating I, for an RTS player, it's a pretty exceptional game, I think. Um if you're that type of player. Uh I don't know about I don't I really don't know anything about like the competitive market of it. Um you know, you, you always hear about StarCraft or uh, things of that nature where you can watch on Twitch people playing competitively. Um, I've never heard of anything about Planetary Annihilation, but if you, especially if you played the first game, I can see the draw of this. And if you want a unique challenge for an RTS, this is definitely a very good game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely agree with that for my own reasons, because I think this game's fantastic, but... <laughs> I don't think they have the kind of Twitch like StarCraft stuff because it's not StarCraft relies heavily on like special um units that do very specific things and this game doesn't have that kind of stuff. So you you don't have like some unit whose job it is to go in and curse the enemy or burst them into additional units of your own or stuff like that. And that's mm -hmm. where the StarCraft um nut jobs really get intense about it cuz they they use those and you don't have those kind of units in this game um, and it's also it's it's good for i think it's a great for strategy as well because um, as you heard us talk about when brian was going up against me it's oh man which way is he going to destroy me there's a lot of ways to play the game and it's i feel like when you play through uh, rather than using the generated maps that you generate as with any other uh, RTS, you know, the, the map changes, or there, it could be a different map. But this one is just so much more in-depth, I feel, because there's gas giants that you literally can't use. It's only a resource farm. Right. It's, yeah, it's an interesting strategy game in the real sense of strategy. Because you can actually set up flanks. You can actually ambush people. You can outmaneuver them. You can set up defensive positions. You can artillery barrage them yeah and there's no there's no edge of the map there's no oh i can't get around them because they're sitting on the edge of the map right it's a sphere you, you're on a planet you can always get there now i think this is probably my favorite strategy game because it leaves you open for so many possibilities when it comes to how you're gonna play um i do wish that i wish that you could turn off nukes so that you could not have to deal with that because that ends up being a lot of the focus but it is what it is um so, like, in terms of, we've been throwing them into buckets, like, um, we'll never ever play again because it was so absolute garbage that it it's just a giant bloody pile of poo, versus, I don't like it, but if all of my other games got deleted, I'd play it, or then, like, on the good side of, this is a game I will always continue to play, versus, I played it, I enjoyed it, I don't need to do it again. I play. I played it. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't play it again. And on if on the off chance that all of my games got deleted and Steam somehow went out of business, you can no longer download from the servers. I'd probably go outside. <laughs> uh, that's what Kevin said about Quake. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and it's like I did. I did enjoy the game, but that's not gonna make me play it if it was the only thing I could play. Yeah, now that actually, I take that back. That was what Eric said about Team Fortress, not Quake about Kevin. Mm -hmm. Or Kevin about Quake, Jesus. Quake about Kevin. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Just, <laughs> Just a boy. Mm. <laughs> uh, so what if you were to 
try and break this down into like a a single line rating of the game. Um, like we've been we've been making these absolutely horrible ratings where you'd be like, oh, if I had nothing else to play, blah 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 blah, or like this is not quite winning the gold at the poo poo Olympics, but everyone else seems to think it's wearing, winning the gold at the real Olympics. But I keep pointing them out that it's not really gold; it's just spray on. Like something horrible like that. If you were to reduce this down to some <laughs> something like that, I'd say it's a game that I would watch somebody play because you know you can appreciate somebody who only ha- has one skill and they're a one-trick pony. So it's like, oh, you do this one thing well. And that's all you can do. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, yeah. If I were to do my own side of overall rating. I mean, this is definitely in my top end because as I said, it's my favorite strategy game and I do like to play it a lot. Usually I play with Eric or or Kevin, so it's dependent on when they're available because playing it on my own isn't as much fun um, just because the AI, it gets to a point where you can't focus on as many things as the AI can, so they're not Mm -hmm. beating you because they're better. They're beating you because you're a human and you have to deal with an interface. So it's definitely in my top. I don't know where it would end up in my, you know, top 10 or 20, but it's it's up there. It's a game that I keep going back to to play. Uh, now, if I were to make up a phrase for it, I'd say this is definitely the most expansive RTS ever, way better than StarCraft, and all you StarCraft fanboys can go suck a dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do like StarCraft too, by the way. I'm just being inflammatory. StarCraft is a uh, Blizzard, right? Yep. Mm, I can say I've played Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So I have played RTS stuff. Hmm. hmm. Or not? It hmm. was. It wasn't. It's not an RTS, but I know of RTS things actually by connection because I played that MOBA for a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe that's something you should check out, Brian. Everybody that loves Blizzard loves uh, Heroes of the Storm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a reason to or to not. I just yeah. uh, don't really care. Um, but I think we've pretty much talked about everything we can for Planetary Annihilation. Um, so just to kind of give everyone an idea of what's held in the future, we've got... Eric playing Left 4 Dead now. He was trying to play Seven Days to Die, but his computer refuses to start it for some reason. I don't know why. So Left 4 Dead is probably the next one we're going to do. I'm playing Here's My Magic 5. I've got quite a ways to go. It's taking a lot longer than I thought it would. Kevin's currently playing Dark Souls, so that's probably going to be the next one after Left 4 Dead. He's stuck, and it's funny as shit. (laughs) and he has no excuse because i made his character for him so if he's doing bad it's his own fault (laughs) Ah, maybe he doesn't play like he plays like me that could be i don't think so though um as for the other side of me and kevin i'm doing bastion next so we've got a rough schedule for that it depends on how long here's my magic takes honestly and as for mark and myself he's got to give me something to play and I don't think we figured that out yet. So now nah, I got I gotta I gotta 
go through my archives of Nintendo games to figure out which one to torment you with. Fuck. <laughs> I swear to God, if you make me play Animal Crossing, I'm going to blow my brains out. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to make you play... Animal Crossing 2. <laughs> Animal Crossing New Leaf or Animal Crossing City Folk. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, so we'll probably let you know about that in the, the next podcast. What's, what's uh, coming up next? So I think with that, we're pretty much good. Uh, just to remind everyone, we do have a Facebook page, uh, Utter Descent, and I am still rocking the Utter Descent Facebook profile because I stupidly set that up instead of the page initially. <laughs> and I will continue to post like that because I think it's funny. So deal with it. Um, you can also look us up on Twitter with the tag um, at Utter Descent. And as for listening to the podcast, we're on pretty much everything now. We are on Podbean, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Spreaker. We're officially on iTunes, finally. Apple finally got their at or sorry, their head out of their ass, not their ass out of their head, um, and let us finish applying. And they actually had to review and accept us, which kind of pissed me off. But we're in. Um, the last one is actually Spotify. Uh, we need to get enough podcasts on before before they'll let us up. So this actually might be the one that breaks that and lets us into the, the Spotify realm. And I think with that, we are good. So we will uh, catch you guys next time. That was a good chat. That was a good chat.